This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Spirit Radio Podcasts. A large crowd gathered at the National Stadium on Tuesday for an information evening organised by Christian Voice Ireland. A number of speakers voiced their concerns about something we talked about the other day here on the station, the proposed changes to the SPHE curriculum. Now, Rob Clark was there at the meeting and he's here with me to talk about it. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Kieran. Yeah, yeah, listen, thanks for having me in. Yeah, look, it was a very interesting meeting. Uh, a big crowd showed up for it there at the National Stadium. And um, uh, look, uh, yeah, a, a number of speakers, Ben Skellen, the journalist, Senator Sharon Cogan uh, spoke there, uh, among a number of others. But um, yeah, journalist Ben Skellen, he outlined the key issues that are at stake. And so what is the problem exactly with Ireland's proposed SPHE curriculum? What is all the fuss about here? Well, fundamentally, it comes down to whether we want our children to be informed and taught things that are true or deceived and taught things that are false. That is the question facing us at its most basic level. Because when you have the government's official national curriculum body encouraging the teaching of gender ideology and so on at schools as if it was objective fact, that is false. It's not a fact that people can be biologically born as a male but then later become female or vice versa. That is an opinion which is held by certain people in society and dare I say it, it's an incoherent opinion. It's it's an opinion that doesn't make sense although people are of course welcome to it. Because in this world, there are all sorts of strange beliefs and opinions about all sorts of subjects. There are people who believe in astrology and zodiac star signs who follow that religiously. There are people who believe in the Loch Ness Monster or that Elvis is still alive hanging out in the Bahamas somewhere. And those people are perfectly entitled to believe whatever they want. We live in a free world where we all have free will as human beings. But what you're not entitled to do is teach these things to my children from a position of authority as if it's a fact, because it's not. Because it's not a fact, it's an ideology. And you cannot and will not teach your incoherent ideology in the classroom to my young children who aren't mentally equipped to deal with it. It really is that simple. And especially not, by the way, when you go beyond the basic tenets of gender ideology and you start delving into identities like non-binary, the idea that you can be neither a male nor female, but a third unspecified gender entirely. And so this is, this is what we're dealing with, or even stranger still, the idea of somebody being gender fluid, which is the notion that you can be a man one day and a woman the next day and switch back and forth between them depending on the mood or the hour. So I could potentially start this speech as Ben and then finish it as Brenda, and everyone here has to respect that, apparently. So this is not credible. It's not science. It's a view held by some radical ideologues with fringe beliefs, and it has no place in any school curriculum. 
because these ideas are not without their consequence either. We all know what it's like to be a child or a teenager, and we know what it's like to be insecure about your place in the world and in life, to feel like you don't quite fit in as a young adolescent. And so imagine if you have an authority figure that you respect in your life, like a teacher, saying that one reason sometimes people feel uncomfortable and out of place in their body is because they're actually another gender. What do we think is going to happen when we say that to young people? Well, of course, there's going to be a certain amount of vulnerable and confused children who have that idea artificially introduced to their thinking, and that can irreversibly change the trajectory of their life forever, and not for the better, I might add. Yeah, so he, he spoke fairly strongly. He Did went it? on actually to point out that the government's own research into the dangers of puberty blockers actually highlighted the potential dangers involved in the use of these drugs. Just earlier this year, uh, I published an article outlining how in 2021, the Irish government was aware that the evidence around the long-term effects of puberty blockers on children was, quote, very scarce, and that the impact was, quote, largely unknown, even as the government was sending children to receive these treatments. In the piece of research which was published by the Irish government, this report acknowledged that there was a potential that these treatments could negatively impact bone density, cognitive development, fertility, and more. So the government's own published research conducted by NUIG admits that they know very little about the potential health impacts of these gender hormone treatments. And when I asked the Minister for Children, Roger Gorman, about this at a press event, he said that he didn't dispute the findings of the research. And yet, at the same time, we want to teach children about an ideology which often leads down this path. It often leads to treatments which the government freely admits are potentially risky and experimental. How is that responsible? How can anyone with a shred of common sense or a conscience stand over this? Yes, yeah, so uh, again, he, you know, just pointing out that the government's own research has question marks over it. So, you know, he's asking, how can we be going down this road? Teresa Colo uh, was the next to speak. She was a mother and she was just speaking from the position of being a mum. Let's hear what you had to say. I'm a mother of three teenagers and it's my responsibility to make sure that whatever goes into their hearts and minds is the right thing. And from the first day my eldest went to junior infants, I made it a point to make an appointment with the teachers and ask them about the curriculum, especially when it comes to sex education. It was important for us as parents to have the first input, to lay the foundations the way we believed is right and age-appropriate to them. If topics were to be discussed that we felt might not be, they might not be ready to be exposed to, we would take our kids out of the class for that subject and they were never an eyebrow raised over it. One year, I went to see a teacher and I asked if it's okay if I could see the curriculum on it. The teacher laughed at His reply to me was, I have been teaching the boys for a very long time about sexuality and sex orientation by means of using Lego. None of this is written in a curriculum. I was shocked. Now this man has spent an unknown amount of time with my child with an obsession and an agenda to teach them without my consent about things that they were way too young for. He was only five at the time. And I realized if I do not really get stuck in and involve myself with what they learn every single day, someone else will gladly grab that opportunity and lay foundations and plant tiny seeds in their heads. A few years back, one of my children came home from school and they were distraught. 
after investigating, it turned out that they were learning that day in school how two men have sex. If you do not step up and lay the foundations of what you believe is morally right for you and your household, someone else will jump in and do that for you. It is so important to know what is written in your child's book. It is our responsibility as parents to pick up those books and read them. There is so much wrong with introducing a child to pornography. This alone should have your blood boiling. Adults have a problem staying away from porn. How is this going to help a 12-year-old to have more wisdom, more restraint, more discipline to stay away from pornography? You can speak to any profession offering counselling and ask their opinion on what effect pornography has on an adult. Now these topics are in the curriculum. If the kids have different values and beliefs, it feels to them that they have committed a crime. Contact your school, oppose the introduction to pornography, contact your local TDs. Sign every petition. We can only make a difference if we all step up and speak out. Yeah, you know, she spoke with some passion. She's a mum and, uh, you know, she's just been through it. A five-year-old child, you know. So, yeah, Senator Sharon Cogan was next to speak and she pointed something out that, you know, I really wasn't aware of. But she spoke about the fact that the schools have a legal responsibility to consult with the parents in the education of their children. Look, I think it's, it's really important that you know the legislation that protects parents um, and the rights you have as a parent with a child going to school. And that um, Section 9 of the Education Act is really, really important. And if the schools have failed to consult with you, they're breaking the law. That is the reality of it. They're breaking the law. They must consult with the parents with regard to the education that they're teaching your child. So I suppose really what I would say to you is go to your principals, go to your board of management, write to your board of management and ask them what consultation have they taken with the parents in relation to the introduction of this new curriculum. And you will find that they have probably done none. So therefore, you're within your rights to report them for breaking the law. That is the reality. They are breaking the law. They are legally obliged under Section 9D. A school shall provide education to students which promote the moral, spiritual and social and personal development of students and provide health education for them in consultation with their parents and having regard to the characteristic spirits of the school. So that's the legislation. You've got to use the legislation that's there. That's yeah. really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm on the board of a school and I wasn't aware of what you just said there. Yeah, so very, yeah. Interesting. very interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. Pastor John O'Hearn was the last to speak and uh, he underlined, you know, the vision of the founding fathers of the state. And, and he talked really about especially the, uh, you know, the introduction of new words, which is kind of replacing definitions. It was, again, very challenging. The 1916 proclamation of the Irish Republic resolved to cherish all the children of the nation equally. And surely part of cherishing children is protecting children. Imago Dei, the image of God in man, is reflected in our gender, male and female, as defined by God. And this culminates in marriage and, and hopefully uh, uh, afterwards with children. And, and we see this sense of completion, two halves um, uh, being miraculously joined together by God, different but equal, different by divine design, Equal in, in, uh, equal in value, but different in ability. 
A, a woman can't father a child and a man can't get pregnant. I mean, these shouldn't be controversial statements. And our reluctance to say this openly is an indication of just how deluded and disconnected from reality we have become. Because our societies deliberate and obsessive efforts to eliminate words like father and mother and instead use parent one and two on our official documents and thereby pretending uh, that any two random people can somehow create life. They can't. You need a male, you need a female. Um, or, or replacing, uh, you know, woman with people who menstruate, uh, replacing breastfeeding with chest feeding, and teachers being advised to stop using archaic terms like boys and girls, and, and giving their pronouns. I believe that's a warning to us because all of this is a statement of intent. The war on words and the redefinition of age-old meaning is a declaration that they intend to destroy not just the word or the meaning, but the very concept of itself, uh, whether of gender, sex, morality, and by extension, the family units. Don't be naive. They're deliberately undermining parental authority and the very family itself by teaching these radical and unbiological ideas of sexuality. Yeah, so there we go. That was uh, the, some of the clips from the evening. I mean, it was it was quite an evening, but um, they're just the highlights. I just, yeah, Robin, some highlights. Yeah. yeah, it was organised by Christian Voice Ireland, and you can probably find out more on their website. I think it's ChristianVoice.ie. But uh, again, it was uh, quite an evening. Yeah, very interesting, very informative. This is Spirit Radio Ireland's Positive Sound. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at Spirit Radio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.